Today's reading is from Exodus chapter 6, starting at verse 2. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they lived as aliens. Moreover, I've heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with, my, with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the oak of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and cruel bondage. Thank you, Anne, and thank you to everyone who has taken part this morning. Great morning, and it's been lovely to, to share this time together. And uh, great to have those of you who are uh, following us on the live stream. Quite a few are on the call today. And uh, just a special mention of Trevor in Nottingham. Trevor, you've been uh, so faithful in uh, linking up with us and contributing to the chat every week. Uh, Trevor is returning to his in-person church next week when they're starting up again. But uh, we know that you're going to keep in touch with us. Uh, and you will represent others because there are others who have also been online through this time. And uh, maybe we don't know all the people who have been following us. But it's really great to have had you on board and do stay with us as we continue to offer the live stream alongside our service, uh, services that are here in the building. Let me just say a word about next week, the memorial service in the afternoon. I hope you've all seen this flyer. There were 20,000 of these, and they've nearly all gone through the various letterboxes of the wards of Shirley East and Shirley West, and uh, some nudging into Hall Green and some out into Shirley South. There are just a few roads yet, or, or roads or part of roads, yet to be delivered, and it'd be absolutely great if you could take any of those. You may not recognize the roads, but I assure you they're not far away because they're all within those wards. So if you're able to take a bundle, even if you're not sure where it is, look it up on the map. It won't be far away. And uh, just get those through the letterbox. That would be fantastic. And also to take note that there is the opportunity just to contact Shirley Parish Church uh, by email or phone. If there is someone who's been part of your life, a significant part of your life, who sadly died during the... Uh, pandemic for whatever reason, not necessarily because of COVID, but within that time, where for everyone, obviously those moments were particularly challenging, where it was often so very difficult to, to grieve in the way that we're normally able to do. If you'd like their name to be read, a lot of names have already come in, but it would be great to have some more names if there are those who you would like to be mentioned within the service next Sunday afternoon. Do keep that in mind. Do come. Remember to bring a chair. Do pray for it. And uh, do invite others who will benefit from it. Amanda mentioned caviar 
in her prayers just now. Kavya, uh, I'm not sure if you're online with us this morning, whether you're watching it later, but congratulations on 22nd birthday yesterday and uh, know that you had a fantastic day. We continue to pray for you very much in your life at the moment and pray for God's healing to you. Now, let me paint a picture in words which come from the book God as He Longs for You to See Him by Chip Ingram. It's a chapter on the faithfulness of God, and this is what it says. The desolation of the city is so complete that witnesses find it hard to blame human destructiveness. Maybe an earthquake would better explain the chaos. God's anger has been unleashed. Large buildings and massive walls have been toppled and scattered like toy blocks. Streets are filled with evidence of hurried and unsuccessful departure. Bodies lie drying in the sun. The scavengers have already had their fill. A broken man pacing the dimness of a dusty room dictates his words to another who sits with pen in hand. There is bitter devastation in his voice. His lament is filled with pain. He sobs and groans as he voices his anguish of heart. His audience is the handful who escaped the destruction. The subject is God. At first you might have wondered if this was describing one of the more recent moments in history when whole cities have been thrown into chaos by human warfare or natural disaster. But actually this moment comes from the Bible. The writer's name is Jeremiah and the place is Jerusalem and the event described is the fall of the city to the Babylonians in 586 BC. It's the book of Jeremiah which anticipates this event and the book of Lamentations which looks back on the event. In Lamentations chapter 2 Jeremiah describes his pain. He says, my eyes fail from weakness weeping. I am in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed, because children and infants faint in the streets of the city. But then in the next chapter he says, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Wow. In the midst of chaos and suffering as a result of the fall of Jerusalem, Jeremiah was still able to say, Great is your faithfulness. The faithfulness of God is a theme which runs through the whole of the Bible. It's deeply rooted in the character of God himself. No matter what is going on, God remains faithful. Noah and the rainbow. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all life. Abraham, with the promise to be the father of many nations. Moses, and our reading just now, when the Israelites seemed locked in Egypt forever, but God said to Moses, I am the Lord, I will bring you out. The Psalms that hold together expressions of praise and pain but constantly express the faithfulness of God. Your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. The prophet Isaiah. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name, for in perfect faithfulness 
you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. Jesus, of course, himself was the complete fulfillment of the faithfulness of God, of God's promise for the whole world in providing that way whereby we can come back to the Father and be brought into the family of God by believing in Jesus. And the, the faithfulness of God demonstrated in the growth of the early church. And the last book of the Bible, opening greetings, bringing grace and peace from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. So the faithfulness of God is such a strong thread that runs all the way through the Bible, deeply embedded within the character of God himself, demonstrated time and time again. Now, it was great to hear and be reminded this morning of the story of the building project and to have reached this landmark of completely paying off the debt. And uh, I, like many of you, will recall so many of the challenges along the way and the decisions that had to be made and the conclusions that we came to and to acknowledge God's faithfulness in an amazing way through that time. But the message that we need to hear this morning is that God is always faithful, whether we can see it or not. In the times of the Bible, there were times when God's power was clearly seen, and the people responded in, God, in thanksgiving to God for his faithfulness and his love. But then there were times when God's hand was not seen, and yet people still responded in acknowledging his faithfulness. And in our present time, both are true. Sometimes there are signs of God's power at work and we can see it and we celebrate together. And at other times we don't see much of the evidence. But we still acknowledge the faithfulness of God. Think about Afghanistan. What a deeply desperate time. Both for those who remain in the country and for those who've had the opportunity to leave but have done so in a hurry and in such traumatic circumstances. And we mustn't forget other places across the world where recent traumas have had devastating impact, where the aftermath continues long after the news stories have moved on to other places. And it feels more like the abandonment of God than the faithfulness of God. And yet in the bigger scheme of life, the pages of Scripture, the many years since then, have shown that God is indeed faithful all the time. Life has many ups and downs, but through it, God is faithful. So what does the faithfulness of God actually mean? What do we mean when we say God is faithful? Dictionaries define faithfulness in words like being loyal, dependable, adhering to promises, observing commitments. Sometimes in obituaries, you will read of a phrase like a faithful servant of Jesus Christ suggesting that this person has remained consistent in their faith through many years of life. But there's a fundamental difference between using this word of human beings and using it of God. People may rightly be described as being faithful in their work or faithful in their marriage or faithful in their home or their church community or whatever, but that kind of faithfulness is never without its shortcomings and its failings. None of us are completely faithful in every word and deed and every moment of our lives. 
There are always going to be times when we say or do something that afterwards we regret. But God is utterly faithful. Nothing, he says, will fail to come to pass. Every promise is fulfilled. And every word is carried to completion. This is what A.W. Tozer says in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. He says, all of God's acts are consistent with all of his attributes. No attribute contradicts any other. But all harmonize and blend into each other in the infinite abyss of God's, of the Godhead. And I particularly like this phrase. All that God does agrees with all that God is. Being and doing are one in him. And one of the great illustrations of the faithfulness of God is the promise of Exodus 6, verses 6 to 8, that was part of our reading. God had promised to Abraham both the gift of many descendants and the gift of a special land. But when Moses came on the scene, there was little sign of that blessing. It appeared that that element of what God had said was not happening. And there was no indication that it was going to happen. The Israelites were slaves in Egypt and there seemed no way out. And then God reminded Moses, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will take you as my own people. I will bring you to the land I promised to Abraham. God's being and God's doing came together. And every detail of that promise was fulfilled as the story progressed. So how does God's faithfulness affect you and me today? If we're thinking about God's character, his consistency, his being and doing, being one and the same, how does that affect you? What difference does it make? Is this just about what God did many years ago in the stories of the Old Testament? Is it just about moments when we can tell a story of God's great faithfulness in the life of a Christian community, such as we've remembered here this morning? The faithfulness of God affects us all in many other ways too. Let me suggest to you that the faithfulness of God is relevant in these particular ways, that God is faithful in offering forgiveness when we truly repent of what is wrong. And when we say sorry for those times when we have failed, there is no doubt it is part of God's character. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin when we truly confess. God is faithful when we're overwhelmed by the problems and difficulties in our lives today. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are tired from carrying your heavy loads. I will give you rest. The rest may not be a physical rest, but an inner restfulness, a peace in the midst of the storm. There's a new book that's scheduled to be published this week called Held in Your Bottle, exploring the value of tears in the Bible and in our lives today. And I'm looking forward to reading that because it's very pertinent to life just now. There are a lot of tears. There is a lot of pain. But God is faithful. He is faithful when we feel as if we're completely in the dark, spiritually. 
Ancient spiritual writers would call it the dark night of the soul. We tend to use phrases like being spiritually empty or just going through the rituals of worship and having lost its meaning. And that is a painful time, which does happen. But God is faithful. He will not let you go. However little you might feel of his presence just now. God is faithful when prayers seem unanswered. That's a difficult one, but it was like that for Moses. He'd prayed time and time again for Pharaoh to let the Israelite nation go, but it didn't happen. It was true for Jeremiah. He prayed time and time again that God would spare the people, the destruction of Jerusalem. It didn't happen. Prayers seemed unanswered. But holding on to God's faithfulness at that time can be done. You can still trust in God's faithfulness when you're journeying through the tunnel. God is faithful when looking to the future. This is such an important one. We look forward to the future with great anticipation. In life, we look back, we look around us, and then we look forwards. And sometimes the future is really exciting. Sometimes it might feel somewhat daunting or very fragile. But every, often, every morning, we're offered the gift, the gift of a new day. And with that new day brings the faithfulness of God as to how he's going to provide for us. And we can embrace that as part of God's creation and part of the gift of his spirit. Or we can struggle on our own as yet another day to survive. We need to look up and we need to trust in God's faithfulness. And in the longer term future, where there may be many testing challenges, the God who's been faithful in the past will be faithful in the future too. So will you grasp the faithfulness of God with both hands today? Will you allow the witness of Scripture, the stories of God's people through the years, the conviction of the Holy Spirit to bring you truly to the place where you can say, God is faithful. What he says and what he does are one and the same. Christ alone, our cornerstone, Weak made strong in the Saviour's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. That's a clue to the band, because uh, we're going to sing it. And this is the way that we're going to respond to what we've been thinking about this morning. And I invite you to really sing this song. If it's, uh, it will be familiar to many of you. It may not be to, to some of you. Don't worry about that. But if it is... Just really think about it. Don't just sing it uh, out of routine. But really allow this to be your heart response to the faithfulness of God today. Let's stand together.